In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Wednesday episode. How the heck is everybody doing? What a week we've had so far. We had the Pop Culture Roundup on Monday, and then we had King Icon Legend Danny Pellegrino yesterday. Remember, his book right is out right now. The Jolliest Bunch. You've got to go get a copy of that right now. Uh, listen, this Britney Spears book, she's gonna do just fine. We gotta make sure Danny is good. Um, listen, and I gotta say, I gave away four copies of Danny's book that I was paying for myself. And they, I mean, within the first minute, I woke up to like two hundreds of emails. Uh, I will be reaching out to you today if you did get a, uh, win a copy of this book, but they were taken with, I mean, the first minute <laughs> that show hit. I mean, that's crazy. That's, I mean, the the amount of fans Danny has. So that's amazing. I'll be reaching out to you today. And I'm so sorry for all the people that didn't get a copy of that book. I wish I was like so super wealthy that I could just buy, that I could just be the Santa Claus of Danny Pellegrino books. And maybe, maybe someday I will be. Who knows? Um, are you guys good today? How are you? A lot of people reached out too because I was not feeling good. I was not feeling my best yesterday. And guess what? Not feeling my best today either. <laughs> it is now, my menopause has now hit, uh, what a week, like a day and a half into my menopause. I just can't seem to shake this feeling, uh, but it's going to be okay because we got a great show for you regardless. Listen, I can be completely depressed and still put on a good show. We can do this. Uh, we have Captain Lee with us today. Yeah, Captain Lee from Below Deck, he's doing a one-man show uh, November 2nd, next week at BravoCon. You guys got to get tickets. This guy is great. It was such an honor to talk to this guy. And what I will say, Captain Lee has a different pace. So I even had to remind myself because I'm so gregarious and like, you know, boisterous and excited. And I had to even try to slow myself down, which is nearly impossible. I probably failed at it. But with Captain Lee, you just want to lean in. And I mean that as the biggest compliment ever is that you, because this guy's got stories. I barely scratched the surface of anything. I mean, it was just, I just wanted to listen to his dulcet tones boss me around on deck. I mean, my God, but it was, it was so great to talk to him finally. Uh, I was really, really, really happy to do that. And I hope you guys enjoy that. But like I said, it's a different pace. You know, yeah, and I and I love that. I love, love, love because I think a lot of us we are up here like this excited, you know, because this is exciting. And Captain Lee just goes by the beat of his own drummer, and I dig that. 
I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I found it so refreshing and I hope you guys dig it. And I hope it gets you excited for BravoCon next week. Now, listen, we are doing BattyCon here over at So Bad It's Good. I will be updating the Patreon multiple times daily uh, next week. Uh, my adventures, my travails and travels at BravoCon. Uh, we're calling it BattyCon 2023. Uh, Maritza made a great image for it, which I'll be posting soon. And uh, you'll be the first to hear if uh, what my first words to Tom Sandoval are if I see him. Oh, my God. I'm all, I'm excited to see everybody. I'm not excited to see him. I'm excited to see everybody else, but not excited to see him. So I'm I'm curious. My stomach's already nervous about that. <laughs> My stomach. I'm, I'm having major agita, agita about that. Um, we'll do a couple of pop culture stories. We'll get into Captain Lee. Uh, but yeah, I'll I'll just tell you a little bit. Like, uh, you know, I'm just in a funk. Um, you know what it is too. I think when you get to a certain age. I've, I've spoken about this phenomenon on this podcast before is that you just get tired of your own shit. It gets old, right? Do you ever feel that where, you know, you're making the you feel the same way that you did 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It's that old familiar friend. That's not a friend that comes back to haunt you. And you're like, Oh, I remember you. I felt this, you know, and, and the thing is it, it, it kind of bums you out even more because you're like, man, I, I remember being depressed like this at times, even in, you know, even a teenager and before. And then it, you know, pops back up in your 20s and your 30s. And it, it just, uh, it can be a bummer because you just kind of have these negative gremlin thoughts of, oh, it's always going to be like this. You're always just going to, you know, you're always just going to be kind of going on top of the world and then kind of just crash down in a sense. And I get it. I get there's a lot of things that I should be sad about right now, which I am. And I get why I feel this way. Sometimes it just so smacks you in the face out of the blue and you feel bad because you want to feel better. Like, so then you feel doubly guilty. You feel guilty for just feeling bad. There was a scene in that show, Euphoria. Uh, remember that? <laughs> I don't know when we're going to get a new season of that. Um, but there was a scene and Rue, uh, you know, the, the lead character in Euphoria, she talks about depression. And, it, you know, she was talking about, uh, remember that when she was just in bed and she couldn't get out of the bed and she gave herself, I think, like a bladder infection because she just was so depressed that she couldn't get up out of bed. And, like, today was like I would just be laying and I would have to go to the bathroom and I was just like, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't get up. Um you know, getting up feels like antithetical to anything that you should be doing, even though it's the one thing that would probably make you feel better. Does that make sense? I know. Does this make sense to anybody? I know other people have to feel this way. Uh, but it's frustrating because, you know, you just want your mind to be able to cooperate. You want, you know, you want things to be good so bad. And uh, I don't know. I've just been flooded with memories uh, over the last day and a half for some reason. And it, it just wasn't, mm, I don't know. And it sucks because there is so much joy. And, you know, even in this interview with Captain Lee, there's so many exciting things. There's so much I love. Um, and uh, yeah, it's frustrating. I will say too, the funny thing about New York. So the the times I went out was to, to get food and I got pizza tonight. Really great pizza place, uh, Joe's uh, on Bleecker. And it was really good, really, really good. 
But the thing is, I noticed the difference between Arizona or Los Angeles and New York is New York, you are forced, and I mean this, you know, in a positive way to be outside among others. And so you just catch so many conversations. Your auditory is going like through the roof because you're you're partici- not participating, but you're listening. You're overhearing all of these conversations. In line to get pizza, and these bros in front of me were like, "Dude, are you ready for some Zaw, man?" And the guy was like, "I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm really in the mood for Zaw anymore." And then the guy's like, "You gotta be in the mood for Zaw, dude." And then their other buddy came in, all excited. He was like, "I'm ready for some Zaw." And then the one guy that wasn't ready for the pizza, the Zaw, was like, "You know what? No, I think I am. I think I am ready for the Zaw." And then the other guy was like, um, "Yo, dude, like I ran like he was. He, I could tell he was. T- he was talking about sports betting. He was like, oh." I did a little parlizzle. Like he, I think he was talking about parlaying. He's like, oh, dude, DraftKings, dude, a little parlizzle on the. I was like, and then the, the people behind me were talking about like AI and crypto and then got seated. And the lady, uh, the lady across was talking about her dad getting her out of jail at a certain point in her life. And her voice was just carrying the guy to the, the, the right of me. He was like really judging this pizza very he- heavily. He looked like in the fashion industry or something. And I was like, wow, I am part of way too many conversations. It was like an audio, um, it was an audio play. It was like I was listening to like a reality show in in the round, you know, in public. And I think you get a lot of that in New York, which is exciting, but sometimes can be completely bizarre. And I will say the other thing, New York, smoking is alive and well in New York. People, I'm not even talking about vaping. I'm talking about old-fashioned smoking, you know, the kind your parents used to do. These kids, the they're busting out cigarettes right and left. And I'm noticing a certain kind of fashion sense. I have none of that. Um, which, by the way, that just I have to get cl- I have to try to get my fat ass into some clothes for Bravo. I gotta go shopping for BravoCon. See what Old Navy has in store for me next week. Maybe get a new pair of Old Navy jeans or something nice, something nice from Old Navy to get, look all gussied up at BravoCon. But. Um, everybody's wearing these like certain type of jeans. The girls are with like a belt and like uh, a baseball cap. Like it, it, it's hard to explain. Like, and the guys are wearing the necklaces outside of the shirt. And I don't, I'm just like, how long do I stay in New York before this starts looking amazing to me? Do you, you're like, I know, I know this must be considered fashionable because everybody is wearing the same thing. But when do I hop on board any of that? (laughs) Oh, life. Um, Listen, uh, if you like this podcast, please consider rating it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, That all really helps. Uh, Sorry I'm not at my best the last couple of days, but I think the interviews have been completely strong. Great guests. I mean, I think that is just hitting it out of the park. Thank you to Betches for everything that you're doing for me. And uh, yeah, let's get into some news stories. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year 
after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now, tonight, you guys, was the premiere of Winter House. Winter House. But now, Winter House has changed a little bit. It used to be a combination of, like, Winter House... Like it was like Summer House, Southern Charm, and now uh, last season they had Tom and Tom from Vanderpump. Well, this season, you kind of kick the Southern Charm people out for the most part, um, and you got a full like Summer House. You got Brian Benny coming in. You got Below Deck folks with Katie Floody and Malia. Don't do Valium on a Boat, Malia. You got Malia there. You got Jordan from Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Oh, you also have uh, the long-haired, curly-haired guy from Below Deck as well, who made a, a big impression. Alex from Below Deck was there. So you had Brian from Family Karma, Alex from Below Deck, Sailing Yacht, uh, Jordan from Martha's uh, Vineyard, Summer House. Uh, you got Danielle from Summer House. You got Kyle from Summer House. Amanda wasn't on this one because she was at... A, uh, I think like a, uh, a, a bachelorette party, I think. And there was one scene where her and Kyle FaceTimed and Kyle's like, I miss you. And she's like, I don't, <laughs> you know, and then you have Corey Kiefer. Corey Kiefer, of course, was Craig's friend who got brought into summer house and then was hooking up with Sam from summer house. Now, Sam is not in this episode, but she comes in later in the season. So Corey is there getting the lay of the land, and you tell a lot of women are already giving Corey the once-over. He's not wearing his pearl necklace, by the way. So that is, that's called growth. Um, I think when I started wearing my pearl necklace based on Corey's attire is when Corey potentially changed his pearl necklace attire. So I don't know. Listen, I think this show works. It's a nice reprieve. Now, I do not agree with not airing an episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Now, I warned you guys about this, that this was happening. And I saw a lot of fur online that this was, you know, that we were not getting an episode of Salt Lake City. So they're trying to break Winterhouse in. Now, next week, it goes back to normal, Well, where we will get Salt Lake and Winterhouse on the same night, which is great. Um, but I, I like Winter House. I've seen now the first two episodes, 
And the second episode is just as fun. You get a lot of Schwartz because Schwartz doesn't show up till the very end of episode one. And he's like, oh, dude, man, um, do you need any Zaw? No, he's like, oh, man, this Sandoval thing is just crazy, man. And like Danielle's like, uh, I'm friends with Katie. I don't know if I want Schwartz here. You can tell this is one of those things they all become friends by the end. And they all probably love Schwartz because Schwartz is completely charming. You know, that's the thing is that we... And rightfully so. We are mad at these characters for behavior they exhibit on and off season. But if you were to actually be around them, I always wonder how quickly we would lose our anger towards them. You know? And then if you even go down that rabbit hole, you're like, oh, well, we all fuck up. We all make these huge mistakes. People are people. You know, like, I wonder how quickly it would be for any of us that have very strong opinions, myself included, for it to be like, oh, man, we're all just trying to get by, dude. Um, I will say one of the worst scenes in Bravo, I don't know, history, but it was pretty damn embarrassing, was Alex getting into a jacuzzi, a jacuzzi, with Jordan from Summer House Martha's Vineyard. And I guess he's saying he's he was like super drunk, but he was like, Dan, you're so hot, dude. You're, you're so stunning, man. And then like gets in, like leans into the jacuzzi, like, but it seems like it's slow-mo, it's taking forever, but he was just really moving creepily slow and tries to kiss her and she just turns her head to the left. She's like, uh-uh, which by the way, Jordan, um, I just wonder, Jordan seems probably, I bet she gets told how beautiful she is. I mean, prop, I mean, honestly, probably on a light day, like 20 times a day, you can tell she's heard that so many times that that is of no consequence. Like it's probably nice, but it's probably more annoying. And it probably gets those spidey senses shot off for her of like, um, about to have an awkward interaction. Like this guy went for her in the hot tub and she turned it down, which I loved. Oh my God. I was like, hell yeah, woman. Hell Yeah. Because if she had made out with him in the hot tub, we would all been like, oh, damn, dude, that guy was like, that guy was slammered. But then Alex later on in the episode, I think it was later on in the episode or maybe it's second episode, Danielle, he's, he starts hitting on Danielle and he has to tell, she has to tell, uh, Danielle tells him that's like, yo, one, one girl at a time, dude, you just, you just try to hit on Jordan in a hot tub the night before he was like, really? Did I? I always wonder if these people, like, I think he, there's no way he was so wasted he completely forgot. Like, if that was true, he would have, like, ended up in the bathroom with, his, like, Brian holding his beautiful locks back while he threw up in the toilet. Also, uh, for all you girls and guys out there, he likes to sleep in the nude, this Alex. So, uh, a lot of people think he's hot, so maybe you can get a little blurred out action this season with his private parts. Also, in a very interesting fact, Danielle from Summer House she reveals that her ex, remember the chef from Winterhouse where they broke up, where she went to Aspen and she was kind of hoping to bump into him and she did. And he made it very clear that he did not want to get back together at all. And I felt very bummed. And he was, she was like, no, it's cool. And the court was like, oh, nice. You're single. Yeah. And we do see on the preview that she does make out with uh, Alex, the hot tub guy later in the season. And it seems like, it seems like she gets mad at him for potentially hooking up with somebody else. But she says something like, we just had sex 20 minutes ago or something. So it sounds like this, this show is going to be delivering. I think we all need to give this a chance. I'm very excited to watch. And it's one of those no brainer shows. 
You know, like it's like where you're like minimally invested, but it provides good entertainment and it gives you a peek behind the scenes in off seasons for these characters. Like we'll be able to look at the Scandaball from Schwartz's perspective uh, in a little bit of a different way. We'll be able to fill in some of those blanks. And also we know that Schwartz hooks up with Katie Floody from Below Deck because he's like, oh, I don't know if I could ever hook up with another girl named Katie. And then cut to in the preview when they're hooking up in the bathroom. Like this Schwartz has the willpower of uh, me, of me. <laughs> There's just no willpower there. Uh, so listen, oh, also they did the winter house. Um, they did like a premiere party, which by the way, I should have gone. It's, it was in New York and somebody at Betches mentioned it to me and I just didn't follow up, but I should have been there, but I would have been all sweaty and awkward, but it would, I should have gone. I should have gone. I just probably was best. Probably was best that I didn't. Um, but, um, I don't know why I'm leaning in, but Carl showed up to support and Kyle and Carl took a picture, picture together, but then Lindsay showed up, I guess, an hour later, and, and Carl kind of disappeared into another room and then, I think, left. But, like, Lindsay and Carl in the same room, we finally got our, our eyes on a first picture of Carl since all of this happened. Which, by the way, towards the end of the Captain Lee interview, Captain Lee does reveal that he talks to Carl every week and that Carl's doing the best as he can. He's still on his path, which I think he was referring to Carl's sobriety. Um, and, uh, I thought that was really interesting information from Captain Lee. Uh, and I was a little nervous to ask him about that, but he was, he was, he was, you know, said Carl is doing good. I, I will say, I don't know. I, I know we're going to see a lot more in this next season of Summer House of what actually went down, but man, to cancel that so close is so intense. Kyle was on Watch What Happens Live tonight with Brian Benny. And he was talking about that as well of like, he like, it didn't surprise me that he called it off, but at the same time, it surprised me because man, calling off something is so much harder than even asking somebody to marry you. You know, it's like, he's like, I really thought he was going to go through with it, even though I understand why he didn't. And I will be very, very curious. I just think it's really obviously hurtful and so public, regardless, even if you're on a reality show, but it makes it so much worse that they were on a reality show, Right. So I don't know. Uh, we also saw the other night all the girls went out, including Paige and Sierra, and they were all there with Lindsay. And I thought that was a nice sign of support from all the ladies. Like even if Paige and Lindsay don't get along, I think they're, you know, it's nice when you see basic support like that. So we'll see. But I mean, I was getting because, by the way, and probably I bet Carl positioned it this or Kyle positioned this when he convinced Carl to go of like, hey, you guys are going to be at BravoCon next week. We have to do a panel together. It's probably best if you just like rip the Band-Aid off and just come. And that way, the first thing isn't at BravoCon. Don't you guys think? I was thinking about that. So anyways, Winterhouse, check it out. Let me know if you guys like it. I thought it was really easy to watch. I also watched Welcome to Plathville on TLC tonight. Now, you talk about different speeds. That's a whole different speed. TLC either has 90 Day Fiance, um, something to do with pimples. Like, they love a show about pimples and things that grow on your body. They'll do, like, eight seasons on, like, you know, this bump on my body, you know. 
That's the title of the sh- that's the title of my show on TLC. This bump on my body, the Ryan Bailey story. No, they have the 90 Day Fiance, but then they'll like you know completely. It's like jazz. They'll completely slow it down and they'll bebop over to Sister Wives and then Welcome to Plathville. And Welcome to Plathville, I think, is such an interesting show to watch. I've watched every episode of it, but a real different pace. And it's about pretty much this family, the Plaths that were homeschooled, like kind of kept away from everything. But what really went off the rails a couple seasons ago is that the Platts, uh, you know, the Barry and uh, his wife, they they split up. They're going to divorce. And now Mama Plath has started dating again. And it's just been recent since they split up. So she's now having to tell the kids. And then Ethan and Olivia, <laughs> I you guys don't even probably watch this show, but Ethan and Olivia, they're, it's just a mess, you guys. I get worried about this family every week. And it just, uh, I don't know. I don't know how many of my audience were homeschooled, but sometimes it doesn't, uh, I feel like it might not be the best representation for a positive homeschooling experience. Just like sister wives. Sometimes I'm like, this can't be good for the polygamous community. It just doesn't seem like it ends well when you have multiple wives. Like, I mean, call me crazy. I don't want to judge anybody too harshly, but the polygamous lifestyle might not be sustainable. Quote me on that, you guys. Guys, what if I get canceled today because Ryan Bailey talks tough about polygamy? (laughs) I was a fan of yours. As a polygamist man, I've been a fan of yours for the last four years, and I've had enough. You 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 will not speak ill of my weird kink. Um... So anyways, I was watching that. Uh, Today, obviously, a big day for reading. We got Danny Pellegrino's book, and also Britney Spears' book came out today. And I feel like I've read this thing just by scrolling on Twitter, like, you know, scrolling through Twitter. It's like every quote is in there. Now, I did not get a copy yet. I need to get a copy. So listen, I have like this library account, and I get my audiobooks through there, but it's not going to be ready for like three weeks. And then part of me is like, I kind of want this for my book collection, but I can't pull the trigger to just buy this book for myself. I, I got I to gotta pull the trigger because I got to talk about it. I got to talk about it. It's only fair. But the quotes I'm reading are wild. And Michelle Williams from Dawson's Creek, we talked about this on Monday, she does the voice narration for this. And I think that is truly amazing as well. Um, But there's a lot of information about Justin Timberlake we're finding out. Uh, There's one uh, passage in the book where it talks how he put on a potential black scent when he uh, met the rapper Genuine. was like, yo, 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 what up, Genuine? It's me, JT. I don't even know what accent I was doing there. I I might as well have been doing Sutton. Ah, say, ah, say, Genuine. I own two minor league baseball teams, I say, I say. Um, I, uh, I'm i excited to listen to and to read the Britney Spears book. Like I've always said from the front, I just hope this is good for her to be doing this at this time. I hope this is her true story. A lot of her real hardcore fans say there's not much new in the book in terms of the free Britney that we already didn't know, but they say it's still so fascinating to hear and to be reminded of the depravity of that situation. And to kind of hear potentially from her voice, unless you're listening to the audiobook and then Michelle Williams, to hear what was going through her head. Uh, also, did you guys check out, um, they released this week her audition for The Notebook. Remember The Notebook? The movie that even guys cry out? Yeah, cry out with Ryan Gosling. I mean, just truly a wonderful romantic movie. And uh, still gets me. Like, you know, you know those movies that you just don't ever watch, you know, more than you have to because you know you're going to get, you know, it's like, oh, 
I don't I don't think I can I don't think I can have a good cry tonight. I can't do it. I can't do it. But Britney Spears, they put her audition of for the notebook for the lead character online. And I gotta tell you, she did a damn good audition. I heard she came really close. Obviously, they went with the the right actor for this, but it was truly impressive. Also, she talks about how deep into character she got for the movie Crossroads. And I've got to go back and rewatch Crossroads because it wasn't one of those things where I was like, oh my God, is she method acting? <laughs> like, you know, like, wow, Daniel Day-Lewis, Meryl Streep, watch out. Like, I just thought it was like a fun Britney, you know? I just thought it was like a fun, like, you know, like it didn't... But also, I'm a dude, and I'm a certain age. It probably stood out for you. I don't know. It was just whatever to me. And I hate, you know, God, I'm going to get canceled twice on this. First for the Sister Wives comment, and now for this. But the Notebook audition kind of blew me away, where I was like, damn. She also said she got offered the uh, role in Chicago that went to Renee Zellweger. And uh, she said she didn't want to do that because with her method acting, she didn't want to walk around like thinking she wanted to kill her husband or kill her boyfriend or, you know, what that character does in, in the musical Chicago. But it seems like it has a lot of those little details. She also talks about her different tours, you know, like the Onyx tour, the album Blackouts. Uh, going to perform at the VMAs after she had shaved her head and she had those bad uh, Gina uh, from OC clip-in uh, hair extensions in. <laughs> Poor Gina. Uh, you, those clip-ins in. And uh, she talked about like Justin Timberlake being in the audience and being kind of embarrassed about that because he was on top of the world. But it just that's what I love about pop culture and especially decades out from a certain subject. You get to actually hear what they were going through. We could only speculate. But also, I want to point out the rise and fall in all of our lives, but also in celebrities and pop culture, right? You can be riding high one minute and then down the next. You know, these things, it's all about, it's a marathon, right? It's just hanging in there for the resurgence. Like, it, it, it changes four to five times in every pop star or, you know, pop culture person's career. They have ups, they have downs. They have ups, they have downs. And you're lucky if you're able to have ups and downs. Because sometimes people will hit that first down and we never see them again. Because they don't rise back up. They don't hang in that race. That was something even when I was doing acting... I mean, I'm still doing acting. I'm just not pursuing it. Uh, but if anybody has any roles for me, please send them my way. I will knock that part out of the... I will knock that part stick in the dirt. I'm ready to do my crossroads. But um, it feels good talking to you, by the way, you guys. I was got really bummed when I started, but it feels good talking to you. Um, it's good to talk out loud. So, uh... <laughs> no, I just, I just stopped myself to compliment you guys. And now I'm just completely thrown off. No, that was it. When, when I was, is that, um, we always talked as actors, you know, everybody in class and all that. It was just about hanging in there. It was just about being the last man standing. And I think that's the tough thing is because we all in our lives want to, want to break through and break through as fast as we can. And I don't think this is just in acting or saying this is in everything. You want to be successful as quickly as you can. Most people can't hang in there. Most because it's hard. Because hearing no, being rejected day in, day out, that's fucking hard. It's brutal on your soul. But if you hang in there, I mean, that's usually the key. You know, that's usually the key is just hanging in there day by day. Putting one foot in front of the other. I have to remind myself of that even today. And it's good to even remind myself of. 
But I thought it was great. I'm really excited to read and listen to that book. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. So we've got Brittany and also guess what today is, folks? It's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiere day. Congratulations, we made it. Remember, I will be doing a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills live uh, with uh, Sarah Galley. Uh, Andy's Girls is hosting this event. She invited me. Crystal Kung Minkoff, one of the Beverly Hills Housewives, will be joining us. You can buy your tickets at moment.co slash Andy's girls. Buy them, party with us, talk about how you felt about uh, the show. We'll talk about it with you. We'll interview Crystal. It'll be a fun way to kick off this season. But I've seen the first episode and there is a lot of stuff with Kyle. And we have a scene towards the end of the first episode with Mauricio, which I find very eye-opening in regards to her tattoos. You'll know it exactly what I'm talking about when you see it tomorrow. Um, but it's great. It's like, I always compare it to the first day of school. You're like, Oh, my friends from school, let's see their new haircuts and what they're wearing on their first day of school. Oh, Erica Jane picked that. You don't like my outfit, Ron? Jeez, I'm Erica Jane. I'm dressing sexy. We have a spiritual healer in the first episode. So, you know, you know, things are about to get off the chain when you have a spiritual healer on the first episode. Um, Dorit and PK, their relationship is talked about in the first episode, which I'm so curious where they're at. Uh, but Mauricio and Kyle, get this, Mauricio made a post, Dancing with the Stars tonight was tonight, uh, spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear it, fast forward a minute, he didn't get kicked off, Ariana didn't get kicked off, great news, um, Mira Sorvino was the one that actually got sent home, um, but, uh, Mauricio posted today and said like that he was dancing tonight in honor of his family, of his kids, and um, you know uh, for Kyle. But it was it was it was in a past tense. Let me see if he's taken this down yet. I'll read this to you guys really quick. I wish I had a better Mauricio um, imitation. 
But it's like, oh, I'm, I'm Mauricio. I'm, I'm, I'm stoned and I'm dense. No, that's, that's not at all. Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. Did he take it down? <gasps> okay. No, no. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Tonight's dance on Dancing with the Stars is about life and how it's not always perfect. And when you think it's impossible to move mountains and you're at the lowest moment and you think all doors are closed, you need to rise up and rise unafraid and move mountains. My time was 1996 when Kyle and I got married and Alexia was born. We had Farah and Alexia. I was 26 when I was fired from my job and was broke. Kyle was my rock and together we rose up and we rose up a thousand times. Oh, it's getting scary. And we moved mountains, a lot of them. It's been an incredible journey. Tonight's dance is dedicated to Kyle and my family and then it has pictures of uh old pictures of him and Kyle but he, he Kyle was my rock not is was my rock and we have pictures now of Mauricio holding hands with his Dancing with the Stars cast uh castmate his dancing partner which by the way wouldn't it be great if it was like tonight's dance is dedicated to that and it, like the song was like here's Elton John's the bitch is back <laughs> like, like, and we are dancing to Love Shack by B-52's Lisa Barlow, Tin Roof Rusted. But it was a very, um, you know, it was a very kind of inspirational post. But then it got pointed out that Kyle went back and deleted her Dancing with the Stars post supporting Mauricio. Which, by the way, Kyle, thou doth protest too much. I mean, I feel like you have your hand in the cookie jar as well, potentially. We're going to see this season. Which, by the way... After that, tomorrow night on Watch What Happens Live, after the premiere, Kyle Richards is on, and this was really nice. They let a fan um, come on. I think uh, they let a fan come on with her. Uh, a girl, Freddie Mellenchamp, is going to be uh, the other guest with Kyle. So that's a really... It's nice when Watch What Happens Live. They do a lot of charity work. <laughs> Freddie Mellenchamp is going to be... With Kyle and Freddie, if you're listening or, you know, you better hold Kyle's feet to the fire and go, yo, are you knocking boots with this Morgan Wade? Come on, tell us what's, and do you think Andy will dig in there? Do you think Andy will ask questions about Morgan Wade? I mean, that is a slippery slope potentially. What if, what if Kyle fully announces on Watch What Happens Live? Oh man. And we still got to see if Morgan Wade's going to come to BravoCon. But I mean, listen, at this point, it's not near like Jada and Will territory yet. Like we're not at that point, but I feel like I'm already potentially exhausted with Mauricio and Kyle's relationship. And the first episode of the season hasn't even started. Oh my goodness. So, so that's great. <laughs> so are you, you guys are going to tune in, right? We got to talk about this, which by the way, Friday, I'll be doing a full Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. You guys. We're back, baby. We're doing all the voices. Maybe I'll put Lisa Rinna in some scenes, even though she doesn't appear. Uh, but we will uh, we will be celebrating. We will be celebrating Real Housewives of Beverly Hills all week long. Get excited, folks. Um, also, two more news stories. Um, this is interesting. This is interesting. Um, Paris in Love. Paris Hilton has a reality show on Peacock. The first season was kind of like all over the place, but I really dug it overall. And if you need a Kathy Hilton fix, this show obviously has Kathy Hilton all over it because, you know, Paris is her daughter. But we got the trailer for season two. And you guys, it is bonkers. I want to interview Paris Hilton now so bad, or Kathy Hilton, or their new baby, if the baby is giving interviews, but this, if we find out in the trailer that Paris Hilton surprised her entire family with the baby. 
Kathy Hilton did not know. We see, uh, supposedly this is real, we see Paris introduce Kathy to her grandson on the episode. And I mean, I was like, my mind was doing like, I was like, wait a sec. Well, listen, she might, she wants this moment for her and her husband. Maybe she was scared that Kathy would get too involved, her fan, but then her, her sister didn't know either. And I'm like, that is intense. Like, whoa. I mean, what a thing to share. So automatically, this is really moving up in the rankings for shows I need to watch now. Uh, I believe that comes out in uh, in the end of the year, but I am going to be all over that show. Like I am so, I mean that that trailer just hooked me in, didn't, didn't it? Didn't it just hook you? Anyways, okay, okay, that is that's wild. And then another wild thing. This is like this is wild for pop culture. I mean, this for new and old. This has so many little ins and outs of pop culture in this news story. Is Okay, first off, Nirvana, right? Amazing band. Only had, what, they had like three albums? I mean, you know, they had, no, they had Bleached, then they had the big one, never mind, that we all fell in love with, and then you had In Utero, and then you had, of you know, the uh, MTV Unplugged, which was iconic, and then you had a bunch of live albums, like Live from the Muddy Banks of the Wishka, and, and uh, Greatest Hits, which had like a new song, like 20 years, anyways, it's now 30 years since the In Utero album. Can you imagine that? So you had Kurt Cobain, Dave Grohl, who went on to do the Foo Fighters, one of my personal heroes. I just love that dude so much. And then Chris Novoselic on bass. So Kurt and Courtney Love had a daughter, Frances Bean Cobain, right? And uh, Frances Bean Cobain, well, get this. Frances Bean Cobain got married uh, this weekend to pro skateboarders, Tony Hawk's son, Riley. So Tony Hawk, the legendary skateboarder, his son is married to Kurt Cobain's daughter. I mean, that's truly wild, but then it even gets crazier. Guess who the wedding day officiant was? Which, by the way, shout out to Matt Beyer and Jessica Wegner. I officiated their wedding three years ago today, and they are still married. So that makes me, by default, the number one badass officiant in by by the way you guys if anybody wants me to marry them i'm a i'm an ordained minister with the uh, universal life church i paid ten dollars and so i did you know so i i have what it takes anyways they got married over the weekend and this is so beautiful the officiant was michael stipe now michael stipe just to remind you and if you don't know michael stipe let me tell you he is the legendary lead singer of one of my favorite bands of all time, R.E.M. R.E.M. now has been retired for, God, 15 years or something, way too long. They, uh, I mean, just been a legendary band, a legendary band. I implore people to listen to more R.E.M., to get your kids into R.E.M. I hate that I just, I hate these bands that potentially might be forgotten because we have so much of everything. But R.E.M., there's always such a special place in my heart. And Michael Stipe, I love that man so much. But he was the officiant, and he was really good friends with Kurt Cobain towards the end of his life, and then kind of uh, watched over Courtney Love, um, you know, after that, and kind of took her under his wing a little bit, and had a really cl- close relationship. And I just thought that was so amazing that he was the officiant. But that kind of blows my mind. First off, that that album in utero is thirty years old. That blows my mind. But also that, like, you know. 
<laughs> Kurt Cobain's daughter is marrying Tony Hawk's son, and it's officiated the wedding by Michael Stipe? I mean, that is a pop culture dream. If there was a way that we could get Britney Spears in there, that would truly make it just top of the pops for me. Uh, okay, folks, I've got so many news stories, but this is an ongoing conversation for the rest of our lives. So we'll get to those at another time. But uh, let's get to the man of the hour, somebody that I so, so enjoyed talking to. Uh, go see a show, Nightcap, next week. It'll start your BravoCon off right. We talk all about it. You can still get tickets now at the uh, uh, at his uh, Instagram. And uh, I hope he'll come on again. I hope I get to meet him in person at BravoCon. And uh, he was just lovely. And like I said, this is at a different pace. Captain Lee is Captain Lee. So you got to lean in. You got to get used to that pace. But just know... You're hearing stories from a master. This guy is top notch, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed talking to him. Uh, here he is, the one, the only, Captain Lee. You guys, welcome back to So Bad It's Good, presented by Betches Media. Today, I have a hero of mine. He is the only man on Bravo that I now look up to. No more Tom Sandoval, no more any of these. This is the one man on Bravo that I genuinely love. Uh, he, of course, is from the insanely popular Below Deck franchise, but this man is so fascinating. Now, I want to tell you, I was at BravoCon last year. This is the only thing I spent money on was my Captain Lee running against the tide autobiography. I, I And I want him to sign this one day. It's the only thing I purchased, and I'm hoping to get him to sign it in a couple of weeks at BravoCon because, get this, folks, this is the perfect way to start your BravoCon experience. Captain Lee is doing a one-man show nightcap November 2nd, 7.30 p.m. at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. I'm going to put all the information on the show notes. And this is the description. Join the stud of the sea for a one-man show filled with storytelling, cocktails, and more. That is the perfect warm-up for the insanity of BravoCon. Uh, and also, you can catch him right now every week on Couch Talk with Kate Chastain, who we love, where he is made to watch all of these Bravo shows and, and give his opinions. And I feel so bad for him having to watch all these Bravo shows. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, one of my heroes, oh, Captain, my Captain, Captain Lee, welcome to the show. Brian, how are you? Thanks for having me on. I truly appreciate it. Uh, I truly appreciate you taking the time. I mean, I, I really, uh, you are somebody that I think is so enjoyable to watch on television. And I think we love you because you just seem like a solid, good person. And that is so refreshing to see on our screens. I just, you know, I just happened to fall into this whole thing. And I'm, I was a captain that got filmed doing his job. <laughs> and basically that's, Oh, I still am. Well, you I weren't even supposed to be the captain on the first season of Below Deck. Is that right? No, Alex was supposed to be the captain. Alex Teldeichen. And uh, it just didn't work out for him. But isn't that crazy how life works out? Like you've been in the yachting industry, I believe, like over 40 years. You would have never imagined that a TV element was going to get thrown into the mix and you were going to become a, a celebrity of sorts. Now caught caught me totally, totally off guard. And you know, once you you know you start down that path and you realize that, okay, reality, I did I wasn't into reality TV at that point. <laughs> Desperate housewives of who knows where, you know, could have been bumfuck Egypt for all I know. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all of a sudden there's 
50 people waiting to get on the boat. They're ripping it apart, just tearing the ceilings down, tearing the walls down. And I got, I am never going to get a job in this industry again. <laughs> My career is over. I'm, I'm doomed. <laughs> and here we are 11 years later. I mean, life really presents you with a lot of curveballs. It's really interesting. And, and below deck, like, I don't think I'll ever be able to afford to go on a yacht, um, but it is truly amazing to watch every week. And I think it's one of those shows that we we love because, you know, the interior, the the deck crew, they're potentially messes on top of a captain that we actually trust that you know what's going on. And you are like you are our safety net watching these shows. I think it's like if Captain Lee's there, then I can trust everything's going to be OK. That's the one thing that I that that I was a hard fast rule when I started doing this was that I don't care what you want to do. I don't care how batshit crazy your crew is. Makes no difference to me. Do what you want. You you can you can hump elephants for all I care. <laughs> but when it comes to safety, if I can do it safely, I'll take the boat anywhere you want to go. If I can't do it safely, this conversation's over. That's it. You yeah. can jump up and down, plead all you want, get on your knees, beg. I don't care what you do, but no, we're not doing it. Um, and it's worked well. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think it's worked insanely well. I mean, it is. Uh, it's uh, a new adventure each week. Obviously, now it's true. Like you started off as a steel worker, right? I was actually a boilermaker. <laughs> And uh, that's what I got my apprenticeship in. But we traveled so much and we had a ton of kids. You know, we had five kids. And one year they went to five different schools. And we just decided that it was way too hard on the kids and the wife. You know, every two or three months packing up, moving to the next job. So that's when I went into the steel mills. That's crazy. Yeah, they were, they were, even they hired me. <laughs> um, so what, I mean, what is your uh, fascination with the, the ocean, with the sea? What's, what's your, what does that mean to you? Well, it was kind of funny. We were living in the Turks and Caicos Islands and we had a restaurant. We were on a fast track to going broke. And we saw this 85 foot, it pulled into Turtle Cove right there in Provo. And I went down there and I thought I was talking to the owner because, I mean, he was dressed pretty nice, kind of casual. And we got to talking and I found out he wasn't the owner. He was the captain. And, and the boat was was small by today's standards. It was only 85 feet. Oh. But in 85, 85 feet was a huge boat. <laughs> there, weren't, there weren't a lot of 100 footers out there during the day. Yeah. And I asked, I said, you get paid for this? <laughs> he said, yeah. And I didn't want to be rude and ask him how much, but he just let me know. He said, a lot. I get paid a lot. This is it. <laughs> and I, I ended up taking a job on a sailboat, a delivery, and didn't realize it, but I got seasick. Oh, my God. And so I spent the first year of my yachting career traveling around with a white bucket oh. in case I couldn't get 
over the side quick enough. I love that you kept going with it, even though it was making you insanely ill. Oh, it was. And, and you couldn't like, it would call for two men on the bridge, right? Yeah. I got me, my bucket, and the guy that was supposed to be with me, he was gone. He wasn't sticking around. And just like, <laughs> no, this isn't happening. But yeah, I stuck with it because I really wanted it that badly. Yeah, it's I mean, and something, you, something it, kind of magical that happens out there. Can't explain it. I don't know if I would if I could, but it's just it's just something magical out there. I mean, it is interesting to to watch you or you know other captains on the show, and I always think about the love you must have for this. And wanting to be able to see it through your eyes and see the beauty and be able to go where you get to go. And especially since you did start this, you know, later in life or like at like 35 years old. I yeah. mean, when you're working on this boat, then what's the progression to, I mean, when did it start becoming possible or even in your purview of like, oh, I should get a captain's license? I started out with that in mind. That was first okay. and foremost. I didn't say, you know, I, I didn't start out going, well, maybe I could get a job as a deckhand. No, there was there was only one goal in mind, and that was four stripes. If it wasn't four stripes, it wasn't going to happen. And how so, long did that process take to get those four stripes? It took me about six years. Because before you're able to sit for your first exam to get your very smallest captain's license, like that'll let you captain a rowboat or something like that, 12, 14 feet, I don't know. But you have to accumulate 720 days at sea underway. So that's two years. Jeez. So, Brian, if you left tomorrow, stayed out there for two years, you could come back and the Coast Guard would let you sit for your test. Oh my God. I mean, you have to want it. I mean, that is a commitment. That is like passion behind that. Absolutely. And I mean, I worked, I worked on boats for nothing just to get sea time. I work on shrimp boats, looking for a deckhand for a shrimp boat. And that's nasty work. I mean, you're wearing rain gear and white boots all day long, all night long. And it's, it's not a very glamorous profession, but yeah, I did that for a long time. Just wasn't getting paid. I could have all the shrimp I wanted. But. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, I mean, it, it, that kind of a commitment is, is wild. And I mean, I always think about the show is that we got to see these last uh, like 10 years or something like of you now, but I always wonder like, man, I wish there was like, we got to see a reality show of Captain Lee back then. If we got to see, you know, we, I, I need a Captain Lee movie almost of your early adventures, because I'm sure it's insane on this show, but I'm sure it's even more insane how you came up. Oh, there was, there were some crazy times when I was trying to get my seat time. Like, I think you read about it in the book when I took a, uh, I took a trip with a sailor by the name of crazy George. <laughs> and I had, I had to go pull him out of a whorehouse to get the boat papers so we could leave. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something out of a Jimmy Buffett song. I don't. <laughs> That's like, man, you're living a Jimmy Buffett album. That's by the way. If your name's Crazy George, I mean, you got to live up to that name. Oh, and he did. <laughs> we it took us three quarters of the day to backtrack, and it was a whorehouse that was located in the Dominican Republic, right next to the uh, police station. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when we walked in. 
Of course, the bartender knew George by name, Jorge. <laughs> loco, <laughs> loco Jorge. Yeah. And uh, he said, I have your papers, senor. <laughs> and there were the boat papers. Oh, God. <laughs> and Maria, I remember, and the name of the horror house was Maria's. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Fitting. What else? <laughs> um, well, I was thinking about the. I mean, I read the book and I, I was thinking about this because I was like, oh, my God, you're doing a one man show. And uh, I mean, what even what even got you to thinking of like, hey, I should go up on stage and tell these stories or form this narrative and tell them about my career. How does that even come into your mind? Like, where, where did that thought come from of this is something that you want to do? I know exactly where it came from. It came from. uh my publicist. <laughs> and she said, you have some great stories to tell. And she said, we could just throw you up on stage. I've got a great writer. She could, you know, put together a script for you. We could do some, uh, some backdrops and, uh, on, on the big screen of some early pictures. She said, well, play some games. We'll have a lot of fun. And I said, you are just batshit nuts. <laughs> and she says, no, she says, I'm telling you, it'll work. And she must have caught me at a weak moment because I agreed to go ahead with it. We got the script out. And the first one we did was in uh, Hollywood, Florida, at the Hard Rock. Oh, my God. The Guitar Hotel. God, yeah. What a beautiful structure that is. And... Uh, we had a great time. Yeah. I mean, were you, I mean, that's what I was wondering. Like you seem always so secure <clears throat> and confident, like stepping on stage for that first time. Did you, did, did Captain Lee have nerves? I mean, were, were you like, what am I doing here? I, I threw up three times before I walked out on stage. <laughs> I, I really did. Right. It was, <laughs> it was the worst thing in the world. And I just, and then once I got on stage and I can't, I can't, I don't really, I can't really imagine what it would be to go out there and like, if you were going to tell a joke and nobody laughed, it'd be like, uh oh, you're in trouble. Yeah. But when I got out there, everybody was so friendly and you could just feel the warmth in the crowd. And yeah. after about five minutes, I just felt comfortable and right at home. Like I was in my living room serving cocktails. That's amazing. I mean, but and but, and that's how it's kind of it's called nightcap, you guys. I mean, this is I really do think this is like the perfect way to kick off your BravoCon experience because it's like I do kind of think of you as uh, you know, and like in the best way, like a, a captain of this whole experience. So why wouldn't you want to spend that first night at BravoCon with Captain Lee, hearing stories? about your career, about your life, and of course about the show. I think that's like a no-brainer. Do you get, um, especially when going to these Bravo cons, like I know last year was crazy in New York and now it's going to be even oh. crazier in Vegas. Are you prepared for this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no damn idea whether I am or not. I hope so. I mean, but people come at you from all, I mean, like people genuinely love you and then you become like one of the Beatles. I mean, is it that weird? Cause I saw you and I hate to, uh, listen, I, I was staying at the Gansvort where a lot of the Bravo people were staying last year. And I remember 
walking around the building. There was like this restaurant, but you could see inside and you were there with your wife and you were holding her hand. And it was like, you guys still look like madly in love. And we had known that from the show, but I was seeing it in person. And I was like, oh my God, my heart's like swelling up. Like I, I felt so, I mean, you know, is she shocked when all of these people want to come up to you and take a picture and get your autograph? You know, she's, it's kind of comical because she embraces everybody like they're their long lost relative that you haven't seen in 30 years. <laughs> oh, come on in. Would you like some cookies? You know? <laughs> no, I think I shouted and waved because I didn't want to. I was like, oh, my Captain Lee. And, and you got and yeah, she waved back. And I, I was just like, wow, I love what I was like. Wow, that truly looks like I love that. I just think we're being lied to all the time. But I'm like, wow, they look really in love. <laughs> Go figure, right? I know. Go figure. That's, yeah, that's pretty rare in reality TV. I mean, we have rope, we have boat masses that last. Christ, I've seen the tops of wedding cakes last longer than that. <laughs> that's right. I mean, these knuckleheads that are on the crew with you guys. I mean, it is really wild the amount. Like, I can't even believe they get days off to go out and drink as hard as they do, and then hook up in the jacuzzi. I mean, the one uh, famous scene of you coming out, like they woke you up and you come out shirtless, and I like, I mean, it scared me through the screen. You coming out? Oh, I'll tell you what, I remember that night, and you have to remember that that was on the aft deck, outside my quarters, three floors up right behind the bridge so it couldn't be any further forward and they couldn't have been any further back and they woke me up now at three three thirty in the morning i'm hot <laughs> i mean i am i am coming in like a seven you know like a uh like an f-14 on a on an aircraft carrier bouncing around out there in the middle <laughs> of but i am pissed and I actually thought I broke the glass when I slammed the door shut. Oh, I mean, that would have sobered me up immediately if Captain Lee like slammed a door. I mean, I would I mean, that would have like just like cut to. But I can't. I mean, it's these kids do it to themselves every season. They just get hammered and mess things up on the boat. And then like just I, I'm shocked that they're even allowed to take care of these people. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty amazing. Uh, and you like the night or the morning after. You'll see three of them on deck, like three of the guys, yeah. and, and they're trying to piece together between the three of them what happened the night before because they have no, you know, this guy remembers this part, <laughs> this guy remembers this part, and then this guy remembers next to nothing. And you're going like, <laughs> the reason you're doing this is what? <laughs> yeah, that's I mean. Well, I get upset as I get older because I see those kids out there the next day, and I'm like, "You should be deathly hungover. How are you cleaning the boat right now?" Oh yeah, and I don't have any mercy for them. Good. You know, when I say on deck at eight o'clock, and sometimes it'll be seven o'clock. If I wake up and it's like, you know, I look at my watch. I may be done with my breakfast, and it'll go like twenty after seven. <laughs> I'm I'm down in the crew hallway. And I got a rubber mallet and I'm banging on doors. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you got to run a tight ship. Um, how uh, we've seen you go on so many uh, where they request the captain for the dinner. Um, mm -hmm. How hard is that? I mean, you have to 
at all times, this is a service industry, especially in, you know, the yachting that we see on the show. I mean, I mean, how is it going into these dinners where they want to hear Captain Lee stories? They want to sit there. I mean, is is that the least fun or the most fun part of your job? It can be both <laughs> at the same time. You know, you kind of get a feel for, you know, how much fun these people are going to be or how difficult they're going to be sometime throughout the day. And you'll, you'll get a glimpse, you yeah. know, in how they're going to act. And sometimes uh, it may come down to it where I used to say, uh, Kate, I don't care how big of a one you have to tell, but I'm not going to make it this time. <laughs> you know, you, I don't care what it is, but get me out of it. <laughs> and other times, other times, you know, you'll you misjudge it and you'll have just the best time and dinner will go on for Christ three, three and a half hours. Yeah. I mean, and I was wondering, did you do you really stay in touch? Do you ever stay in touch with any of these people that you've had on uh on the trips? Oh, sure. All the time. I remember yeah. Chris, he owns a ranch in Texas, and uh I hear from him all the time. And he's got exotic animals. He's got giraffes down there and that sort of thing. He sent me a picture Christmas time when they had new baby giraffe was born. And uh, I don't know if you remember, I think it was season one, Georgia from, oh. uh, from North Carolina. And she kept shaking her tatas in my face. <laughs> and she was just... She was the best. She was just absolutely a great time. And she was a hoot to hang out with. And after that, we became friends. And she flew down here and we hung out. And Wait, Marianne first, let you be friends with somebody that well, shook their tatas in your face? The, the first time she met Marianne, Georgia runs up and she goes, oh, Miss Marianne, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> first thing she did was apologize. Amazing. Um. Uh, you've been married to Marianne now for like 46 years. Is that right? Uh, 48 years. 48 years. Okay. 48 years. Wow. Um, uh, is it true that she was your chief stew at a, at a, that's, is that true? Absolutely. Best chief stew I ever had. Really? Even better than Kate. Best chief stew. Even, even better than Kate. Well, when did it cross? Yeah. Kate, Kate's in the top two. <laughs> when did it cross over into romance like from a working relationship to a romantic relationship we were actually married before she decided to come to work with me and it's kind of funny how that worked out because i had just gotten a new boat brand spanking new boat and i'd been asking her to come to work with me because we'd worked together in restaurants before and she'd always put it off for one reason or another. And she came on board the boat and she's looking around and she goes, where's the crew accommodations? I've been avoiding this for a bit because sometimes it's been like where I would have to take the top bunk or the bottom bunk. And then the female chief steward would have to take the other bunk. And it just made things awkward. But this captain's cabin didn't have a, upper and lower it had a queen and marianne looked at that and she says i'll start monday <laughs> <laughs> amazing that's great um uh 
Yeah. I mean, that, that's such a long time to have a relationship. And I know we talk about Bravo on this show a lot and, and relationships and how people can just kind of go through women and men on these shows, you know, and then it's, it's interesting to talk to somebody that has a long successful relationship, even though I'm sure you've had your problems. What made Marianne the one, how did you know she was the one and how do you keep making that commitment year in, year out? I know that's a big question. Uh, I told my, the first date that I had with Marianne, I came home and I told my sister, I said, I'm going to marry her. I said, this is the one. Wow. And it was right after the first date. And here it is 49 years later. And it's great. I, yeah. I You're right. There, there haven't been a lot of ups and downs because people change over the course of all those years. You don't like the same things you liked when you were 20. Yeah. You shouldn't like the same and, things either. No. I mean, hopefully your taste get a little more refined and a little tailored. Yeah. But, you know, and as you progress, you change together. And if you don't change together, then you usually don't stay together. It's been my experience. Yeah. And uh, she just makes me the happiest person in the world. Oh man, that uh, that makes me feel so good. That's what I'm talking about. They, you just make me feel like. I mean, I just I, I I respect watching you on these shows so much. I know I don't know you personally, but I think that's your magic. Is that we do feel like we know you. Is that maybe that's the fallacy of reality television? But we feel like you've shared so much on this show. You've shared heartache. You've shared happiness. You've shared this stuff. And I think we really that resonates with us because it's not some young kid that works at a bar that's cheating on his girl that's on the tenth season of a reality show. You know. Yeah, I'm not I'm not wanting much for that bullshit <laughs> at all. It's yeah. just, you know, you want to film me while I do my job and and me being me, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But don't come up and ask me to be somebody else or to do something that I wouldn't normally do that would be out of character for me because I can remember a lot of times telling uh, producers just going like I wouldn't do something like that in a million years. And this ain't million one oh one. Yeah. I'm still not doing it. So I mean, that's well, you say this in the book, actually, which I love that you said working on a TV show has been a learning experience, but at the same time, it hasn't changed who I am or what I do. First and foremost, I'm still a captain, a sailor, whether there are cameras there or not. I do my job. I try to keep the client safe, try to keep my crew safe and try to keep the boat in good shape. But I love that you know that you're like, I have not changed course in my own personal way of living life because of the insanity of cameras. I ran my boats on camera the same way I used to run them. 20 years, 25 years before I ever got, got on camera. Yeah. And it uh, never changed. And there was no reason to change it. I mean, it's called reality TV. <laughs> you want real? I'll show you real. <laughs> I like that. We, I like, that's what we like. I mean, I think that's what we respond to. Uh, I know your second favorite Stu, like we said, is Kate Chastain. And you do yes. obviously get asked about her a lot because I feel like you guys are, uh, you know, we put you guys together a lot. In fact, you guys, if you're not watching, watch Couch Talk on Bravo. You can actually stream it um, on Peacock and you can watch all the episodes. I was watching the most recent episode this morning and I just find it so funny because I just laugh every time I think about you having to sit down and watch these shows. It's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I imagine you just like being like, oh man, I gotta watch these Salt Lake ladies again. 
Yeah, and they, you, you, it's very difficult to comprehend how they can get into such volatile arguments and call each other just the worst names on the planet and sit there and take it. I, I just. And then the next day they're okay with each other. Like then they, then, then they're like moving on. Yeah. And the decibel level, you know, it increases like 40, 50, 60 decibels <laughs> in the same sentence. Now we're not talking over the course of an evening, you know, as they get drunker, this is in the same sentence. It's, it's, <laughs> uh god i remember one of them took her her uh prosthetic leg off and threw oh, it up Abel. aviva yeah from real housewives yeah. in new york yeah and then the one girl said she got uh what was her name was it maxine got thrown out of the her and heather were, were talking and heather wrote a book about being Mormon. oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, her and uh, Mormon world. lisa barlow maybe and so she uh, asked her, she said, well, how did you get thrown out of the Mormon church? She said, well, I got caught sleeping with my brother-in-law. Oh, yeah. Monica. Monica, the yeah, new girl. Monica, Monica. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was great. For how she long? Was... For long? Like 18 months? <laughs> <laughs> my sister uh, my sister doesn't watch any of these shows. And like the, a couple of weeks ago, I think she wanted to bond with me. So she watched a couple episodes of Salt Lake. And she goes, she's like, what are you, what, this is insane. Like this is, and then, but she was like, I was three episodes in and then I started kind of liking it, which is like, which is not normal. Like these ladies are not normal. She's like, Ryan, what are you doing talking about? These ladies are not normal. And I was like, that's the magic of it. Yeah, they're definitely not normal. Any, any, <laughs> there's just, I don't know how to describe it. No, I think I think we know exactly what you mean, but uh, it is funny. And that's why I like the show is that, you know, obviously you have to watch these under duress and Kate, Kate's amazing. Cause Kate naturally loves these shows. She watches these shows. She has really strong opinions on these people. And that's why I think your relationship works on the boat, works off the boat, works on this show. Um, what is Kate Chastain meant to you over the years and how, how do you think she's uh, getting along as a new mom? Kate, Kate has been just a great friend. If, that, if I were going to use one word to describe Kate, it would be friend. And I take my friends. And friends are hard to come by. Yeah. They really are. Now, there's a lot of acquaintances out there. But friends that, you know, they show up without even being asked. You know, when you need them. Yeah. And Kate's always, always been there for me. And she's... uh I love her quick wit. I mean, if you're going to get into a battle of wits with Kate, you best be bringing your A game. Because <laughs> otherwise, it's going to get ugly in a hurry. It yeah. really is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I she mean, was I, great on I, that show, uh, Traders, she was on last year. She was great yeah. on that show. She was tossing money out of that castle. <laughs> that was real money. That wasn't those phony $100 bills. No, that was real shit. And I'm going like, damn, you go, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but does it make it worth it doing this show, even though you have to watch these shows? Does it make it worth it to be able to do it with Kate? For, 
to work with Kate, I've always wanted to work with Kate on, on anything and, and especially a talk show because it's, uh, Christ, think about it. I, I get to sit there, hang out with Kate, one of my best friends. We get to have a couple of pops and we get to make fun of people and get paid for it. Yeah. It's the dream gig. Does it get any better than that? Well, I mean, if you could, if you could film it on the ocean, maybe that would be cool. Yeah. Oh, and what if she tried one time she was trying to explain to me a relationship <laughs> and I felt like I was at Abbott and Costello's who's on first. <laughs> I never did get it. Somebody <laughs> had married her stepfather. And they were trying to give me the relationship between children and how they fit in. And she lost yeah. me and married her stepfather. Yeah, just while the rest of the family was all still involved with each other. This wasn't <laughs> like they eloped somewhere. <laughs> oh no, this made Thanksgiving dinner really fucking. <laughs> Um, what's it been like to see that other side of Kate come out as being a new mom? Has that been wild? It's funny because she, I, I don't think being pregnant was harder on anybody than Kate. <laughs> she was, she was not a happy camper during that period, but she, she dealt with it very, very well. And, uh, she's so comical and it's so just given my history with her. It's so foreign to see her come walking out like with Sully strapped to her in front of her. It's just like, <laughs> where'd you find that, Kate? Yeah, yeah. The, one of the uh, one of the guests left this behind on the uh, aft deck. Yeah. Anybody lose a short person? <laughs> <laughs> this, this little kid can't talk, so we need to get him. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, and Sully Sullivan is just. I mean, he just came out perfect. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful child. Beautiful baby. Any wrinkles anywhere. I got more wrinkles than he does. <laughs> give it time. Um, yeah. <laughs> give it time. Yeah. Uh, th below deck back to that. And I, I, in my head, this is how I, I mean, like, cause now there's so many iterations of below deck. Sometimes I think maybe too many iterations of below deck, even though I genuinely love all of them, but sometimes it's like, oh my God, it's like keeping up with all of these shows, but you were always like number one for me. And then I really loved below deck sailing yacht, even though it's not the kind of yacht that you do, but I like captain Glenn. I like captain Jason. Captain Sandy is the one that I've just never connected with on a personal level where I'm like yeah you know like it's fine like do you have to watch all of these shows and i know you know these captains a little bit personally but if you were to judge them just from the show itself do you have a ranking system for these people i i really don't um <laughs> one thing that always amazed me about captain glenn and he's always so you know he's just even keeled yeah doesn't seem to get rattled by much uh I'm trying to figure out how the crew always gets caught with their pants down when they start to sail. It's because of that Gary. Shit goes flying everywhere. It's like, oh. we're a sailboat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you should you should have a way to, to work this out by now. We're going to heal over. And this is like, I don't know how many <laughs> they've got, but they always catch, they always catch, like, especially the chef, pots and pans go flying or the cocktails. And it's like, I thought we told everybody we're putting the sails up. But yeah, sometimes I wonder, are they doing this just for the show? Is this really happening? 
Well, and to me, it's amazing that when you get a big a boat that big, that's like 160 feet. Yeah. And that sail has got to be up there close to 200 feet. The main sail. It's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. And when it heals over, it's not, you know, it's, it's sort of gradual as the sail goes up, but it heals over. And it, if it's your first experience ever on a sailboat, it'll get your attention without a doubt. I mean, yeah, but no, you were, you were sick your whole first year on a boat. I'm sure that would have really knocked your, really knocked your sails out. No pun intended, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. Also, uh, by the way, I wanted to mention also, I forgot in the beginning, uh, Captain Lee has his own podcast now as well, Salty with Captain Lee on Podcast One. And I was listening to a couple of episodes where you talk about your own experiences, but you also talk about other shows. You talked about The Golden Bachelor the other week on ABC, which I love. Um, I how couldn't is imagine your- that. How, how, how does somebody just you know jump into the dating game in 74 or like, 72? But see, I'm so fascinated with that because I've never seen it before. So I'm like, my eyes are glued to the screen because it's like a science experiment. Like, how are you, how emotionally are you going to do this? Yeah. I would find it kind of embarrassing to be sitting at a five-star restaurant, getting my iPhone out so I could read the menu. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Got to get my readers out. (laughs) It's just, I mean. Those things come with age. Oh, I mean, listen, my vision in the last year I've started and it's like, my dad was like, see, I told you, I told you this is what happens. And it's horrifying. You feel like you're like some science experiment gone wrong, getting older. You're like, oh my God, my knee hurts. My back hurts. Like, and it's just going to keep getting worse. It happens to every old person in the world, except you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And you look around and it's funny because you'll look around and you'll see you know a bunch of people that are elderly and you go like damn what are we doing here with all these old people <laughs> you oh i am i am the old person yeah you never think of yourself like that though no everybody else is old you're not oh my god but uh, that golden bachelor i actually really love watching um and i do recommend his podcast you guys salty with captain lee so go check that out because i don't think uh, you guys know this is out there and you can listen to Captain Lee every week, which I think is essential listening because he's awesome. Um, a couple more. Do you, do you have a little bit more time, Captain Lee? I've got all the time in the world for you, Ryan. Okay. Thank you, man. I thank you. I really appreciate this. Um, so uh, obviously, you know, like I said, all these captains, you're probably going to get to see them all at BravoCon. Do you guys all get along? Like, do you guys swap stories? Is there is there ever any tension? Is there is anybody a prima donna in the captains? Like, you seem like you are a straight shooter. You're not a prima donna. Does anybody get, like, full of themselves in the yachting industry on TV? Yeah, there's, there's a few people that I think, you know, have gotten too close to the Kool-Aid Bowl. Yeah. Is the way, it's the way I like to put it. <laughs> and not only captains, but just some of the crew members. I mean, yeah. I've had to fire some of the crew members because it's funny. As soon as the camera starts rolling, that person that you thought you knew or thought you met when they hired him just morphs into this monster. And you got, we had one guy, his name was Don, and we hired him as an engineer. And I said, Don, I said, I need you to go change all the uh, filters and the air handlers. And he says, right on it, Cap, as soon as I get a uh, camera crew and a sound guy. (laughs) And I said, Don, I said, 
do you really think production thinks it's necessary for you to have a camera crew and a sound guy to change the filters and the air handlers? He's like, I got, I got to get makeup on before I do the engine room. Yeah, exactly. And he was serious about it. (laughs) And I told him, I said, if production wants it, I said, they'll come find you. I'll tell them exactly where you'll be. (laughs) (laughs) Then he got enamored. He got enamored with Rocky's ass. (laughs) Certainly. Rocky. Yeah. I'm watching my closed circuit TV because it pans (laughs) different spots on the boat in the wheelhouse and this happened to be on the stern and rocky had came out and she said she said i'm on my break now uh is it okay if i take a dip off the back of the boat i checked with kate kate said it was okay and so she hops in takes a dip off the boat next thing i knew i'm looking at my camera and all of a sudden enter don who's supposed to be up in some cubby hole changing air filters and strips down to his to his whitey tighties and <laughs> and he goes i called him up to the wheel i said don i said what were you thinking and he goes he says but cap that ass <laughs> yeah well, why didn't you call the camera crew for that don yeah well we got it on camera <laughs> yeah well that's i would pay extra for that little footage that you have in your your like wheelhouse like that's the footage i want i want the closed circuit f- footage and we, we came to an agreement shortly after that, that maybe yachting wasn't the best <laughs> thing he could be doing with his time. Um, this is just a question I always wonder when I watch this show is that how involved are you in the hiring of your deck crew? Because sometimes these guys are like dodo brains. And, you know, I wonder, like, does, does the production company sometimes just throw a, a bad one in the mix just to test you, just to make like how how does that work? Like, because I know you are all about safety and things, but sometimes I'm like, how did this guy get hired in the first place? I would have we don't hire. I don't hire. Yeah. And I can remember one season, I got nothing but rookies. And I said, guess what? I said, I'm not having any of them out on deck when we take it away from the dock. And when we put it on the dock, I said, I'm using the guys, the engineers that came with the boat. I said, until I can get these guys, I said, I don't care. Film them, don't film them, doesn't make any difference to me. I said, but I've got a job to do. And these guys aren't touching the line until I'm sure they can do it and do it right. And, but I, I, I don't get to hire, but I do res- reserve the right to fire. Okay. Yeah. Which is what I would rather have any day than the right to hire. But I bet they love a good, I mean, we've seen your firing scenes. We love a good firing scene. I mean, I hate it for you and the boat, but it's like, it, it's necessary. And then it actually makes for good television. There's a few of them I've actually enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way. That's a great. Just a, your next one man show is just the people I loved firing in these stories. Oh yeah, there's 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 been a few of them where it just it just you know sometimes, and I know you probably shouldn't feel this way, but sometimes it feels really really good to be the person that delivers the karma payment. <laughs> no, I mean I'm sure it does. I've never. I've never gotten to be in that position yet, but hopefully cross my fingers one day. Um, uh, Listen, I have to ask about this. I had Carl Radke on my show about six months ago, 
And he brought up because I said, hey, are you going to have uh, your buddy Kyle be your officiant because you officiated his wedding? And he said, no, actually, you know, I think I would really like Captain Lee. And I I've loved watching your friendship and how highly Carl has spoken about you and how, uh, you know, it seems like you've always offered him words of wisdom and and uh, with the the battle he's, you know, so bravely faced. But now we're at this, you know, crazy Bravo event where this real relationship did not go forward. And we, you know, it's very different than Tom Sandoval and Vanderpump rules because Tom Sandoval was still out and about and trying to get interviews all the time. But I feel like Carl has kind of disappeared after this. Are you in contact with Carl? Is he okay? Did you, did you have thoughts on all of this? Yeah. Carl and I speak probably once or twice a week, at least once a week. And uh, he's just going through a hard time. Yeah. it's not anything I don't think that was planned or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I'm sure when it's time and Carl decides to uh, break his silence on it, he'll uh, he'll come out and let, you know, the reality TV world know why and how it happened. Uh, I think anything up till that point is just pure speculation. And it's it's hard for the media to stay away from it yeah they their ideas on how and what happened and any any little tidbit that they can get their hands on they'll just blow all out of proportion and so i hope that he just you know takes his time and when he's ready to say whatever it is he needs to say he can uh, do it and set the record straight but that's good. I mean, I, we, I just wanted to make sure he's actually uh, okay. And because, you know, I yes. am so used to these reality stars just ke- keep going. They keep wanting attention. And I've kind of was like, oh, I, you know, I actually haven't heard from him. He's kind of seems like he disappeared. I hope he's actually okay and on the right path still. So it really comforts me to know that you guys do talk every week. Yep. Carl is, is still on the right path. He's staying strong. He's, uh, he's still got his sobriety intact, which is, uh, I have all the respect in the world for him because he is doing that. Yeah, me too. Um, and he's, uh, he's a gentleman. And and sometimes when reality show gets thrown into the mix, and like you even said, like people on the boat, like the, you know, celebrity gets thrown in there and money gets thrown in there, it can really warp your sense of your actual reality. And I think we saw that on that show Vanderpump Rules, which I know you you've been told about and things, you know, it kind of completely warps real life situations. And uh, I kind of respected that Carl has stayed a little out of that and not like put the pedal to the metal and and still stay out there and like, look at me. And I thought it was very interesting because we don't see that a lot on reality television. I couldn't believe Sandoval. Dude, that's I mean, I was going to ask you about that. It's like, did this guy just have soup for brains? Like what? I mean, in your opinion, did that make any sense to you at all? I thought he was trying to mimic Johnny Depp. I think he looked like a, you know, he looked like a poor man's Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah. He had the same mustache. <laughs> and he'd wear those hats like Johnny Depp used to wear. And then you'd, uh, oh, and he, all, he even had his own cover band. Yeah. He was out there on the road. That's what, I mean, he was out there on the road doing shows, taking his shirt off. It was wild. Oh, I, I've heard, I've heard him saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just let it go at that <laughs> by the way do you want to announce that you're going to have a cover band at BravoCon, or are we just going to do the one man <laughs> yeah, <show>? right. <laughs> captain lee yeah the, captain lee and the studs of the high sea 
But I just think I I think about you watching something like Vanderpump Rules and just being like, what the hell is going on? And it is interesting. But you you have this great you just said this a second ago, which I, I thought was awesome or fascinating was, you know, with the media and even the fandom of Bravo, we are an intense fandom, as you know. And so we don't leave these things alone. Like we dig and we dig and we dig and there's like Bravo detectives. And it's really interesting. And that Vanderpump Rules thing was like at a fever pitch. I mean, it was really insane. Um, I mean, has that been your yeah, experience I mean, too sometimes with the fandom? That, that horse has been dead for what? Three, four months now. We're still kicking the shit out of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're making money out of it. We're talking about yeah. it. We're doing, I mean, it's, it's it, well, I mean, it, I truly had never really? seen something that insane in a long time. How ironic was it that as soon as see, he'd been with uh, over Ariana. Yeah. He'd been with her for seven years. No, no, uh, nine, uh, years. nine years, nine years, nine years. He gives her the boot for Raquel or Rachel or yeah, yeah, yeah. Calls herself the artist formerly known as Raquel, <laughs> right? And then as soon as it's over, she is. I mean, she gets dumped quicker than I don't know what. And he's he's out with the new squeeze, and then he starts dating some. Somebody that he picked up on tour. Yeah. I mean, he was out, he's seen out with all these women. I mean, by the way, Rachel is out in a mental health facility. She's actually dealing with these issues. She didn't come back for another season of Vanderpump Rules because she didn't think it was the right thing to do. And Tom is still going full bore ahead, which I was like, Captain Lee, when you meet Tom Sandoval at BravoCon, you're going to meet. Like, what are you going to say to Tom Sandoval? It just, I, I just want to let him know that he's ruined white fingernail polish for all the women <laughs> in the world. <laughs> he's ruined it for you too. You're never going to wear white nail polish. No, now. it's, it's, you know. Well, you should cool. say, you should say your, your, your ass is, is what, uh, uh, what's that's what's your famous slogan? Your uh, checks, your ass can't cash. He's written a bunch of them. <laughs> that's <it. laughs> He, he could be he could be arrested for kiting bad checks in that department. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like I know that a lot we, of your listeners are probably too young. I don't know what kiting a check is, but uh, yeah, guys, there used to be a form of payment where you, your parents would write out a check and then they would give that to the grocery store or whatever for their goods and sundries. Um, uh, finally, Captain Lee, this has just been such a, a treat for me to talk to you. Um, what has been your craziest experience with uh, a Bravo fan? Like at one of these events, I mean, you know, you say you're, we, we know that certain people on your boat is shake their tatas. Have you had, what's the craziest experience you've had so far? Um, I think on the boat, it was, there was a, there was a couple of them. The one that I recall that was the funniest is we had a group of emergency room doctors. And this was the first time they'd all worked together. They'd stayed together since college. And they had a little just borderline SM type thing in their, in their <laughs> lives. And at dinner, uh, someone came out wearing little collars. <laughs> and they gave me a cat of nine tails oh perfect <laughs> to take home with me <laughs> oh good that's good for marianne that's great yeah i had a lot of fun explaining that in my luggage yeah. <laughs> <She heard laughs> <under that. laughs> 
Uh honey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We we got a gift. (laughs) I said, yeah, they it was meant for you too, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, we'll get you your own. Yeah. (laughs) That was funny. And then I think there was one other one where uh I had they were pretty inebriated. And I I can't remember who the uh the deckhand was that brought them up to the wheelhouse. And I got my hands full. I'm driving the boat and they're rubbing my back and they're gradually graduating south. <laughs> they want to set anchor. And you think the crew would come bail me out? No, not in a heartbeat. They're going they to call the it. camera crew. They're going to like, let's they get Bravo on this. They knew it, and they just sat there, and they were outside the wheelhouse. They were just laughing their asses off. And I said, every one of you guys will pay. Trust me. And <laughs> that day, I said, I had more fingerprints on my ass than the FBI has in their files. <laughs> oh, my God. And and you're going to keep adding stories to that. There's going to be new fan encounters. There's going to be new wild things. I can't wait to Absolutely. hear your stories out of BravoCon. That's going to be insane. And then finally, listen, I know you said, I think if, you know, you've said with Below Deck, you know, if they if they want you again, they know where you're at. But there's still, you, you know, we're kind of in a, are you, aren't you, are we going to be able to see you as a, as our favorite captain ever again? Do you think? I have no idea. And that, that's the honest truth. Uh, would I do it? Probably for one more year. Yeah. I would, I would love to go back for another year. I think it'd be fun. And I'd like to, uh, kind of like to exit different than, than this first time around. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, I think that's a no brainer. And so I wouldn't mind taking another smack at the pinata. Yeah. I mean, I I hope that actually is happening. And I think uh, it's great to see you at these events because you are revered. And it's good to remind these production companies and Bravo how popular you are. And uh, Ryan, thank you. No, man, I, I really, truly, I was so excited to talk to you. And uh, you guys, uh, the book, which he'll probably be selling at BravoCon, this is where I bought my copy last year, Running Against the Tide. You can get that right now. But also remember, I want you to go to this show. This is the perfect way to start your BravoCon experience. It's called Captain Lee Nightcap at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. I'm going to put all the information on the show notes. I'll be pushing you. I'm going to be at BravoCon. I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to hopefully meet you, Captain Lee, and get you to sign my book finally. And uh, this has just been a truly great way to start my Monday. So thank you so much, Captain Lee. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Bring your book to the uh, to the one-man show, and I'll be happy to put your, my signature on it for you. I'm just going to just heckle you during the show. Sign my book! <laughs> that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope to get to talk to you again one day, man. I hope so, too, Ryan. Thank you so much. It's been a real honor. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.